welcome to Encouraging Others in Loving Jesus. I'm your host, Kim Smith. This is episode 248, Hang with Those Who Exercise Wisdom. I don't know if you have caught on, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, but this particular podcaster loves to exercise, and I mean the physical exercise. I just left the gym just a few minutes ago, And in that time, I wasn't exercising, but I was using what's called red light therapy as well as the shake plate. And the shake plate helps to shake out the soreness out of my muscles because at about five something this morning, I was at the gym working as hard as my legs can work. And as I'm at the gym, I take inventory, especially on the days where I'm not doing the device that I used this morning. So when I use that particular piece of equipment, I really can't focus much anywhere else, especially when I'm in my heated mode there where I have to go as fast as I, I possibly can. But on the other days, like tomorrow I'll do the rowing machine, I really do get to kind of take a look at who's around me. And one of the things that has so impressed me, so much so that I used it as a part of a devotional for work a little while back, is a year or so ago. So I get there about 5.30 to 5.40 in the morning. And I noticed this particular young man, looked like a teenager, And he was with a gentleman who's probably somewhere in the ballpark of my age or maybe slightly younger. And they were working out together, lifting weights. But after I watched just a little while, I wouldn't see the middle-aged fella anymore. I would just see this young teenager in the gym consistently at that crazy time of the morning working hard and I've seen it transform his body I mean he is a healthy looking young man and I think probably healthy inside and out because of what he's doing but in the midst of it I watched for a little while and I noticed that another young man who appeared to be a friend of his started coming and he would come and his mom would bring him And so his mom ended up staying. And here you had these two young men who were dedicated and in there working out at 5.30-ish in the morning. Next thing I know, I look and I realize that it must be the first young man's sister who's in the gym. And she starts coming not quite as consistently, but still decently consistently. And she starts bringing a friend. And I tell you all of that to just remind you of the importance of your influence and what you choose to do, whether it's physical exercise or today we're talking about exercising wisdom. You know, we can't hang around, even if we're an athlete, we're not going to hang around 24-7 with people who do the same things as we do. If we lift weights, we're going to run across people and hang out and have conversations with them. 
but you do notice usually that you hang with those that you have the most in common with. Makes total sense. And because I do really appreciate being healthy inside and out, I really do like to hang out at the gym and I, I love my people who work there and having conversations with them and, and talking to the people and just encouraging the people around me in that pursuit. And as I've been thinking about this particular lesson, so we're still talking about King Solomon. Last week, we saw where God, God spoke to Solomon in a dream and offered him a wish. Asked Solomon what he wanted. And instead of Solomon ask Solomon asking for wisdom, or no, okay, well, it's later in the day than I normally do this podcast. I need like a refresher, I think. Instead of Solomon asking for riches and power, he asked for wisdom. Well, really, technically an understanding heart, but it was wisdom to be able to rule well and to know the difference between right and wrong. And as a result, God not only blessed him with wisdom, but he also blessed him with riches and with power. And as we were talking about wisdom, and I was strongly encouraging you to claim the promise in James 1, where the half-brother of Jesus says, If any of you lacks wisdom, ask of God who gives to all men. You know... That's exactly what we should do. And we should not just be asking for wisdom on the big things, you know, when we're buying a car or who to marry, but we need to make it a practice. But as I was leading into today's lesson, where we see Solomon exercising that wisdom, I started thinking about just the importance of being around people who exercise wisdom. It's one thing to be wise. It's another thing to exercise that wisdom. Just like you can have muscles, but if you do not work them out and keep them consistently, they're going to atrophy. And making wise decisions should be a, such a standard of practice that we continue to learn and grow. Now, God can just endow us with wisdom with nobody else around, and we can make a wise decision just because we've reached out to the one who is the source of all wisdom. But from a day-to-day -day standpoint, wouldn't it be a good idea to hang with those who exercise wisdom? Again, I know that just like you're not going to hang with people who go to the gym all the time, or if you're a musician, people who are musically inclined all the time. But to be intentional about seeking those people who you know exercise wisdom and to hang out with them. Because in Proverbs 13, 20, the verse says, Walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get in trouble. And I think all of us have lived long enough that we have seen that play out over and over and over and over again. 
Because when you're around somebody and they are making wise decisions, they're exercising wisdom, you have more of a tendency to follow suit. Whereas you, if you are around people who are making just ridiculous decisions, you have more of a tendency to fall into that same trap. I have to think about peer pressure. That was what was flashing to my mind. I just remember some of my teen years, and and I am very thankful for all of the people that I hung out with during my teen years. I really am. But there were some that had more of a tendency to make wise decisions than others. And my behavior would change depending on who I was hanging out with. And it eventually I had to make a decision. I drew a line in the sand and I'm here today, I think as a result of that, because I'm like, I can't, I can't associate with and hang out with in that same manner because the decisions were not wise. And so today, we have probably the most famous story about King Solomon. As I mentioned last week, this is a story that people who have never read the Bible still have heard of this story. But with the very first verse, I have a feeling that some of you may be stunned. And I intentionally not only am reading it from the NLT, but I pulled up the ESV. So the NLT is a phrase-by-phrase translation. And the ESV is more of a word-for-word translation. Because when I was going through this with my Sunday school class a few years ago, all of us were stunned. Because we just did not, we had just never noticed this part of the scripture. It's not the main focus by any stretch of the imagination, but it is something that needs to be taken into account. So last week Solomon asked for wisdom, and God was so very pleased that he not only gave him wisdom, but he gave him riches and gave him just a strong kingdom. And so here we go into 1 Kings 3, 16 through 28, with the emphasis on 23 through 25. But the very first verse is, Sometime later, two prostitutes came to the king to have an argument settled. And that's where... I just had never noticed that before. I, I knew it was two women at, and a struggle over a baby. But I never realized until... We were reading over this a few years ago that it was two prostitutes. And the ESV says the same thing. Then two prostitutes came to the king and stood before him. Again, it is not an important part of this story, but I have a feeling that I'm not the only one that missed that over the years. So, you've got two ladies who have an argument and they come to the king to settle their argument. Verse 17. Please, my lord, one of them began, this woman and I live in the same house. I gave birth to a baby while she was with me in the house. Three days later, this woman also had a baby. We were alone. There were only two of us in the house, but her baby died during the night when she rolled over on it. Then she got up in the night and took my son from beside me while I was asleep. She laid her dead child in my arms and took mine to sleep beside her. And in the morning when I tried to nurse my son, he was dead. 
But when I looked more closely in the morning light, I saw that it wasn't my son at all. Then the other woman interrupted. It certainly was your son, and the living child is mine. No, the first woman said. The living child is mine, and the dead one is yours. And so they argued back and forth before the king. I'm going to stop right there. So this is long, 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 long time before the TV shows where you have people in an argument so very similar to this. How many years have we had? I just don't want to mention the name of any of the shows, but you all know. You all know exactly who I'm talking about, where they've intentionally got people who, you know, girlfriends and family members, and they just want to come on the show, and they argue over this, and they argue over that. That's exactly what it reminded me of. It's just this was way before the TV version, but... Well, human nature is human nature. So, if you were Solomon, what in the world would you do? Like, whose child? I mean, maybe you'd look and see who does he look like. Like, you know, there's a lot of different things that people might have done. But check out Solomon. So, 23 through 25. Then the king said, let's get the facts straight. Both of you claim the living child is yours. And each says that the dead one belongs to the other. All right, bring me a sword. So a sword was brought to the king. Then he said, cut the living child in two and give half to one woman and half to the other. Then the woman who was the real mother of the living child and who loved him very much cried out, Oh no, my lord, give her the child. Please do not kill him. But the other woman said, All right, he will be neither yours nor mine. Divide him between us. Then the king said, Do not kill the child, but give him to the woman who wants him to live, for she is his mother. When all Israel heard the king's decision, the people were in awe of the king, for they saw the wisdom God had given him for rendering justice. What a story! I mean, seriously! What an incredible story of exercising wisdom and just keeping his cool in the midst of their back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And this is a very serious decision because some people are just really good liars. And they can make it seem as if they are telling you the gospel truth when they are not. And so in this, we see Solomon exercise divine wisdom. Wisdom that had to have come from God. And I just want to take a moment and I want to say thank you to anyone who might be listening to this podcast who serves as a judge, whether it is in the local arena or a Supreme Court judge, I cannot fathom the headache and heartache that it takes day in and day out to settle disputes, to read through thousands of pages of documents sometimes in order to try to make sense of what has been brought into your court. I just want to say thank you. I want to say thank you for taking on such an enormously challenging role. As uh, I pray many mornings for our Supreme Court justices, I just, um, I stand in awe of just 
the amount of wisdom it takes and the amount of knowledge. So there's a big difference between knowledge and wisdom. But in order to be a good judge, you have to have knowledge. And our situation in the U.S., you have to have knowledge of the criminal codes, the civil codes, whatever type of judge you might be, you have to have a lot of knowledge. But then you have to be able to exercise that wisdom and make those wise choices. And you're not going to get it right every time. There are con people who are really good at what they do. But I, I'm asking the Lord right now to bless you with wisdom as you take on such challenging cases. More power to you. And as we think about Solomon, and I want you to think this is not our specific challenge of the week, but who is around you who's really wise? We usually think of people who are elderly or older because they've lived so much life that along the way they've become wiser in their decisions. But sometimes it's young people who seem to have an extra measure of wisdom in the choices that they make and how they see others. They're able to see clearly and see past the emotion. Who is it? Who around you is wise? And how about you be intentional about spending some time with them? Taking notes. Listening to how they listen to others. How they do like Solomon did. And first Solomon clarified what the argument was about. You heard him. He said, let's get the facts straight. Both of you claim the living child is yours. And each says that the dead one belongs to the other. So first and foremost, he really listened. If you're going to make wise decisions, you really need to know the facts. And secondly, he was brave enough to make a decision. Now we know that he was challenging them because he knew. He knew that one of them might very well, the one who loved the child, jump in and say, no, don't do that. I love that child. Give, give him to her as long as he's safe. What would have happened if both of them said that? <laughs> Thankfully, that wasn't what the story said. But, you know, we have a choice each and every day. We have a choice whether we spend time with the source of all wisdom, that being the Lord, in our time with him, in in studying his word, which is where wisdom comes from. But then we also have choices as to who we hang with. I mean, do you hang with people who make wise choices? Or do you have more of a tendency to hang with those who, well, they're not known for wisdom. So, our weekly assignment feature is to intentionally spend time with at least one person who exercises wisdom. Start getting a little of it to rub off on you. You know and I know that when you hang out with people, you begin to see life 
from their perspective. That doesn't mean that you have to stay in that vein, but you start hearing them talk and, well, that person really does seem like they may be down on them when that really isn't the case, but that's their perspective. You know, I can think of that many years ago where I would listen to somebody and, and their, uh, their perspective of some family members. And as I've looked back on it, that really wasn't exactly what was going on. I understand why they thought it because of their limited perspective because they were seeing it from their perspective. We all can fall into that. And we all can be shaped by the people around us. So be, be intentional about getting in God's Word. First and foremost, spend time in God's Word. If you don't know how to do that, if you have no idea where to begin, reach out to somebody who you know is walking with the Lord and is walking in wisdom. Or reach out to me at encouragingothersinlovingjesus at gmail.com. I would love to point you in the right direction and get you started. For some of you, you may not even know the Lord. Like you have no idea what I'm talking about when it comes to walking with the Lord. Well, reach out. Ask questions. Find out what this Christian life is really about. It's not just about calling yourself a Christian. No way, shape, or form. We know that many, many in the end of time will say, Lord, Lord, and Jesus will say, depart from me for I never knew you. Just claiming that you believe in Jesus is not what causes you to be a Christian. That's not what gives you access into God's heaven. That's not what will change your life forever. What will is choosing, number one, to believe that he is who he said he was. Number two, he died for your sins. That you are a sinner. That you have done bad things and not done the good things. And that because of his sacrifice, you accept that sacrifice on your behalf, but you choose to follow him as Lord. That would be the wisest decision of your life. Let me pray for us. Dear Father, I thank you so very much for every person listening to the sound of my voice. You had me take this in a turn, and I know there's a reason, and I'm just trusting you. Dear Father, I pray that you search each of us and know our hearts. You test each of us and know our anxious thoughts. You point out anything in us that offends you, and you lead us in the way to everlasting life. Please open our spiritual eyes and ears. Help us to see. Dear Father, help us to live and walk in wisdom. But dear Father, draw us to yourself and to your word. And then give us the courage to make wise choices when it comes to who we hang with. 
Dear Father, we thank you for the example of Solomon on this particular day, how he exercised the wisdom that you gave him. But dear Father, we're going to see Solomon have many, many days where he didn't exercise that wisdom, and we all can relate. Dear Father, may we be able to stand before your throne at the end of our lives, or the end of time, whichever comes first, and hear from you, well done, my good and faithful servant. If we're not on that path, may we start today. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, just, you just never know what the topic's going to be, do you? Uh, we're going to continue with our study of King Solomon next week. Please feel free to invite others. Share this with others. It's free for you to listen to or free for you to share got information down below where you can get to all 248 episodes of this podcast information down there in case you've got somebody or you are somebody who's struggling with just why am I here please reach out I've got the 988 number down there information on our social media and then again, my email at encouragingothersinlovingjesus at gmail.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. And remember, it's always a trust and obey kind of day. Mm-hmm.